at the peak of first world war germany was faced with you know forces on uh, both the fronts uh, uk and uh, france on the western front and uh, the mighty russians on the eastern front so uh, they had to put an end to one, uh, fighting in one of the fronts so they sent a weapon to russia you know what that uh, weapon was was it a biological weapon of some sort well um <laughs> it is but not in the sense the, the way you're thinking so uh, it was actually vladimir lenin history is one of our favorite topics and world war is one of your favorite topics from history so i think yeah. you'll be talking more in this episode i'll be just asking a few questions no no time. actually i want you to be like you know uh, similarly involved in this conversation but i'm pretty sure i'll be talking most because yeah <laughs> i just love the subject not in the sense you're thinking it's because you know the significance of world wars in shaping the future of the world as we see it now is you know it's very important to know, like know about world wars that's how we you know uh, get to know about what shaped the world as we see it now first of all why is the world war called the world war yeah that's an interesting question because uh, i had come across one quara question a uh, question in quara uh, someone was asking why the world wars are called world wars and why you know the war which is going on in syria which is uh, you know there are like lot of countries involved like russia us and middle east why it's not called the world wars because uh, the scale of things which happened during these two wars cannot be compared with what what's happening now or what has happened before mm-hmm. because um if you take an example uh, almost all the countries in the world were directly or indirectly involved in uh, world wars uh, it, during the second world war at least 30 countries were involved directly and uh, you know uh, at that time a lot of countries were colonies you know under the uh, leadership of britain yeah then you have uh, france including and all that in, yeah including, including india australia canada so uh, they all took part in the world wars uh, because they were under british the, empire the the royal you know yeah. monarch so you, you can see that most of the countries were involved in the fight and uh, if you take into account the mobilization and deaths and all that uh, during the first world war about uh, 70 million military troops were mobilized mm. all over the world and about 16 million people died including you know 9 million uh, soldiers and 7 million civilians civilians approximately died by the end of the war and uh, in the second world war we don't have you know a proper account of how many people were um, mobilized mm-hmm. for the military but uh, an estimated uh, number of you know uh, 1.9 billion people were affected by world war 2 what was the approximate population of uh, earth at that point mm, i don't know 3 4 i'm not sure about it I, i'll we'll have to check it out you mm-hmm. know and uh, the the deaths uh, it was around like 50 to they they have an estimate of like 50 to 80 million people have died during mm-hmm. world war 2 out of that 25 million were Plus russians just, yeah, yeah just from soviet ussr ussr right yeah soviet union yeah, same thing 
so yeah uh today i think we'll uh, you know dwell more into world war and the related stuff but i don't want to li- like talk about you know the basic stuff how it started how it ended what oh. resulted in all those started kind of things started was uh, by shooting of archduke right? yeah but there's a fun- interesting story there actually uh, the car in which he was traveling had hmm. a number plate of uh, it A-triple-one-double-one-eight. Yeah, A- yes, A-triple-one-double-one-eight. Uh, which some people speculate that uh, it stands for Armistice 11th November 1918. That was a date. Oh, that's, that was a date when World War got over. Exactly. So, the number plate was kind of a... <laughs> it was... It was predicting the future, saying that on this date it'll... How did I miss that? <laughs> I didn't know about that. Well... Yeah. Oh yeah. So um yeah, I don't want to dwell in dwell into like you know things like I think uh, most of us yeah, most of us have learned that in history books anyway. So the the thing uh, which I attribute for the as the cause of a cause of you know world war is uh, ego. You know there were like lot of empires in the world at that time. They were colonizing countries, they had their needs, they had, they needed resources and and stuff. But mm-hmm. when you know the colonies they got depleted all the resources and it got depleted and they needed more places to like look for. Mm-hmm. It was inevitable for them to end up fighting against each other. So, you know, there are like lot of reasons the Morocco crisis, the Balkans issue and all that. The killing of Archduke Ferdinand actually, you know, uh, was a catalyst for the start of World War One, and uh, Austria-Hungary they declared war on uh, Bosnia, and uh, so Germany, you know, they they were uh, they they supported Austria-Hungary, and uh, the war started. So Britain and France joined uh, Bosnia, and uh, the thing was, you know, Germany and the the Triple Alliance. So triple alliance uh, consisted of Germany, Italy and and Austria-Hungary. And the triple entente uh, had Russia, UK and France. Uh, later on you can say that US joined then. Well, uh, so what I was saying was uh, yeah, triple alliance they thought that they could, you know, win the war within a few days. Mm. They th- thought first they thought that it'll be over in like few days, then it extended to two, few months, then it became years and it You that know, was a huge it to like four years huge under, underestimation yeah man. so the scale of you know mobilization and the scale of war was something which was never seen before and uh, at the start of the war they were fighting in cavalrys you know they had horse horses and uh, they were you know on foot and all that but by the end of the war they were using machine guns they aeroplanes. Uh, they had aeroplane uh, yeah it was the first war where you know aeroplanes were used like in also a proper tanks, sense right tanks yeah, were tanks, a british invention yeah, they were they, they they started using tanks and u boats an interesting fact i think uh, during first world war the ruler of britain russia and hmm. uh, germany were f- cousins <laughs> first cousins right <laughs> it was like a family feud you know <laughs> they probably it's like it's like mahabharata of uh, western world <laughs> probably they were playing monopoly one day and they were like you know <laughs> not satisfied with the result so they right. took it to like another scale yeah so yeah so the technological development during world war is something which was never seen before and uh, it's a it's a war where you know uh, a lot of new things happen which were like unexpected you know it's like uh, the wars which were fought earlier before this it was either on sea and land yeah. with uh, you know uh, limited weapons and stuff that was a difference 
Germany also came up with their one of their most dangerous weapons, U-boats. Wasn't that in the first World War? Yeah, yeah, yes. they came up with the U-boats, and that led to the sinking of Lusitania, RMS which was Lu- again yeah. a reason for US to join. Yeah, the US to join the war, but we'll get into that later. But uh, I think we should talk more about you know the personnel's involved in the war, uh, World War One. Who? became uh, who played a major part when it came to world war 2 hmm. you know like hitler was part of world war 1 he fought in world war 1 then we have we have Ch- churchill roosevelt mm-hmm. and again we have some uh, you know generals like uh, george patton and yeah uh, douglas macarthur they were all part of world war 1 because mm-hmm. of their experience in world war 1 they were able to like you know give their expertise properly during world war 2 so just diverting from this uh, just a small question so when world war 1 was happening what was it called they didn't call it world yeah, war 1 right? because yeah. they didn't know there is another war that is coming up i i, I think like when it was happening they probably called it called it the war but when it ended they got to know the scale of what happened so it was called the great war uh, when we talk about you know world wars who is the person who comes to your mind first you know the one, there'd be one person who comes to your mind first right <laughs> who would it be <laughs> the person who had that funny mustache <laughs> exactly and by talking about mustache there is a story behind it oh. you know how he uh, started you know ha- shaving his trimming it down yeah trimming it down like that adolf hitler like trimming his mustache down mm. like that enlighten me Yeah so he and Charlie Chaplin almost they both have like the same kind of mustache they also kind of look similar don't they <laughs> that's why he acted in that movie the great dictator no, right the funny thing was charlie chaplin actually said something like you know uh, we look so similar but mm-hmm. the thing is one person is making the mm-hmm. world happy but the other person like making the world sad <laughs> something like that he had quoted we'll we'll put it in the show notes probably yeah, yeah so how he got the mustache uh, so um, he worked as a messenger during world war 1 mm-hmm. uh yeah probably i'll i'll have to give little bit back story before mm-hmm. that he uh was born in 89 mm-hmm. and uh, his parents died before world war 1 mm-hmm. so he wanted to be an artist he was like very much into you know uh painting and all that but the thing was it was not something with which you can live pro- uh, properly because he was selling his art in on the roads and like events and all that but mm-hmm. it it didn't you know help him much so he had no purpose in life at that time and when the war broke out he you know most of the people why they join the army is because they it's not just because of nationalism they have a motive probably mm-hmm. don't you think like you know you're joining the army you'll make your family proud you make everyone proud or they'll have an agenda kind of thing so hitler found a purpose in the war like it it he found that fighting for his fatherland was like the thing he should be do, uh, doing they called it the fatherland germany is the fatherland no not motherland no Why? germany germany you know it's it's called the fatherland it's you know it's not a she it's a he yeah <laughs> you didn't know that <laughs> sexism <laughs> <laughs> well let's not go there <laughs> then it'll be you know probably be uh, a topic for another episode mm. so uh, he found this as an opportunity to like to prove his worth and all that so he tried to join the army but he was you know found physically weak to be in the you know to be a frontline to be uh, a frontline uh, uh, soldier soldier so he was given the duty of being a messenger mm-hmm. which is even worse you know he had to like run from trenches <laughs> to trenches 
and uh, deliver messages so what happened was like he saw the war first hand okay and it instilled a spirit in him like you know i want to do something for my country because he was instilled with the idea of you know germans right. are the superior race when it, when compared with the other races that's when his idea shaped Mm-hmm. and yeah once he was in the trench what happened was you know the gas attack it happens frequently mm-hmm. so once it happened uh, you know they put the masks on and when he put the mask on what happened was his mustache was like blocking not not letting the mask seal okay so, so there was a gap in yeah there was a mask. gap in between his mask because of his mustache Man. so what happened was he had to like suffocate for some time Uh, till the air was cleared so it almost cost him his life that's when he went he- went ahead and shaved trimmed his mustache <laughs> so, which resulted in the iconic style in case world war 3 breaks out guys <laughs> go ahead and get to get a shave <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know probably by the time world war 3 breaks out people will have to be in like full suit <laughs> to protect themselves from radiation yeah. anyway so that's how it started and uh, Hitler was so motivated that he just went on and once what happened was uh, while retreating from a trench he was caught by this uh, you know british private mm-hmm. named uh, henry tandy mm-hmm. okay so he could have killed him he could have killed hitler <laughs> but he didn't but what of course he did not kill him <laughs> so he just let him go and you can probably say that it's one of the decision which resulted in changing the course of history it's a, it's one of the you know main main what ifs mm-hmm. which historians talk about even these days right yeah think about it what if he had killed hitler maybe in an alternate universe uh, he killed hitler and you know but what i feel is if not hitler someone else right? yeah probably would have yeah so yeah that's about hitler and uh, all these incident and uh, again Hitler, uh, the germany failing to win the war resulted in hitler feeling you know let down he mm. he never expected germany to sur- surrender he mm. had the idea of you know never surrender just go all out and you know die if you want to right. so that was his ideal so uh what happened was he didn't like what happened over over there in germany like they surrendering to uh, the triple entente and which resulted in him trying to like develop another you know mm. his ideas and instilling it to others and uh, he went to the government and asked for a job once uh, world war was o- over and he w- he was given the job to infiltrate you know the national socialist Wo- workers party and he went there he started infiltrating but got to know that actually his ideas match with the people who are there <laughs> so what happened he started speaking for them and he turned against the government and then he became the leader of the workers party which finally turned into <clears throat> nazis so he took a 180 degree turn yeah so uh, yeah he was actually influenced by another person you know who it was another leader he who was like pretty prominent during world war 2 benito mussolini yeah benito mussolini that's another story so during world war 1 uh, before world war 1 he was not that you know nationalist kind of person he was just a reporter mm-hmm. he was a journalist and uh, while uh, after enlisting he became a sharp shooter and he was able to like kill a lot of people and the whole war the scenario actually changed his views mm-hmm. of nationalism and all that and he turned into a person who he was during world war 2 and he he is the one who used the power of press properly 
to spread his propaganda messages uh, and spread fa- fascism all over Italy and develop a following during uh, the during the times between uh, World War One and Two. And uh, why he started the moment is because the Treaty of Versailles. What Italian Italians got after the Treaty of Versailles was something which was not acceptable. The whole country was outraged. Mm-hmm. Which resulted in Mussolini trying to do something on his own. And uh, he stormed into the house, parliament house, and they overthrew the government. Mm -hmm. And that's how Mussolini rose. This happened in (coughs) 1920s, okay? So Hitler was like so much influenced by this. And he tried to do the same. That's when they were caught and he was put in jail. That is when he wrote his book. Yes, exactly. That's the time when he wrote the book. But he was not deterred. He was planning what to do once he gets out of the prison mm-hmm. and it resulted in you know forming the party and but i think even uh, yeah even the allied con- countries when i say allied countries the allies of world war Two, like yeah. you know uh, britain and uh, other countries who had forced this treaty of versailles on germany when so one of the major thing was disarmament of germany yeah, right? yeah. all the military stuff was taken off from hmm. them they were not allowed to have a big army and all that hmm. even when hitler started rearming germany hmm. these countries didn't say much right they were trying to appease appease him and yeah see the thing was uh from 1936 onwards uh hitler was invading other countries you know little by little inch by inch she built a yard with the garden in the middle of it yeah john Mayer comes everywhere man i don't know why yeah so uh, little by little inch by inch he was invading other countries but he was really powerful okay so you know u.s and french they thought like why get into matters which didn't affect us but the thing was uh, by the time they got into the matters <laughs> it was a little too late <laughs> france got invaded yeah. britain was fighting for uh, yeah they were like hanging by the thread yeah. that would be the right word so uh yeah thanks to our so talking about england we have our next person winston churchill mm. so he the had, cigar guy right yeah the cigar guy he had visited Bangalore, don't you know that? He in visited 1890s or something, he had visited Bangalore once. I, I read it somewhere. Mm-hmm. So he pretty much liked the place, it seems. He loved how Bangalore was back then. Okay. He should come now. He, he definitely won't love the traffic, probably. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Winston Churchill, he was from a political family, you know. So you know, by the time he was in, in, in his 20s and all that, he knew that he was going to be a politician. During World War I, uh, Winston Churchill was serving as the first lord of admiralty. So um, he had to like take up major you know, decisions regarding the attacks and all that. So at the time, the Russians didn't have much help because Russia was on the eastern front and mm. uh, France and Britain were in the you know western front. So what Winston Churchill planned was send troops through Gallipoli and then reach the eastern front reach russia mm-hmm. and you know strengthen e- eastern front and fight the R- germans it was an ambitious plan which had uh, little rate of success and uh, that's exactly what happened while passing through gallipoli they were attacked by germans and almost 50000 plus casualties happened mm-hmm. which resulted in uh, winston churchill being fired from his job <laughs> of course and if something if your decision <laughs> kills 50 50000 people i don't yeah, expect yeah he actually went job. against you know most of the people who were there you know politicians who were there and uh, 
plan for this attack so maybe uh, that is what pissed them off more yeah uh, exactly because he was the only one who was in favor of this and uh, it resulted in him being fired and think about it being the lord of admiralty first lord of admiralty <clears throat> getting fired is something which would result in your career being doomed so he had to do something to redeem himself what do you think he did next joined an it company it <laughs> during okay. 19 uh, i think he would have become a soldier yeah that's exactly what he did he enlisted and he went to the trenches he saw the battle first hand and because there were like lot of attrition happening mm-hmm. he was promoted really fast because and he had lead- the leadership quality so he fought valiantly and he redeemed his reputation that's how he got back his political career and you know so this lord okay. of admiralty is not a military position is it it's a political position yeah it's a political position because he he is from a political family and okay. from the beginning from his childhood only he got the feeling you know i'm going to be something in this field which resulted in him being the premier of U- uk mm-hmm. during the second world war So just going back to the events that uh, got Churchill fired uh, you mentioned there was war happening on two fronts uh, in yeah. Germany right eastern front where uh, Soviet Union was a major headache so what did uh, Germany do about it that's what they sent a weapon to Russia to overthrow the tsar and um, yeah can you guess what the weapon was they sent it in a train to Moscow <laughs> some kind of biological weapon Yeah, it's a biological weapon but not in the sense you're thinking. Mm-hmm. It was Vladimir Lenin. So, uh so what Germany did was they funded Vladimir Lenin. Uh they sent him to Moscow with 10 million dollars. 10 million dollars back in 19- 1917. Yeah. yeah. To mobilize people and overthrow the Tsar. And the first person he met once he was in Moscow was uh, Stalin. Mm-hmm. Who uh, The thing was Lenin was in exile he was in Switzerland yeah. and Stalin was almost like exiled six times or something at that time but he also came back mm-hmm. and they started a revolution and they stormed into the Tsar's place and they overthrew the government and signed a peace treaty with Germany so the war at the eastern front was over mm-hmm. so Germany now could concentrate on the western front where they had France and Great Britain and there were other countries involved in the war like japan and all that but major powers involved was uk and france mm. and it became a need for these two countries to have us in, in the war right so the person who was presiding over in U- us at that time was woodrow wilson mm-hmm. and the whole country like they were divided when it came to like their involvement wa- their want to involve in the war some people wanted to be in the war but others didn't want to and at that time they had other issues which they were facing like you know they were heading into the great depression uh, was it no it, it was in 30s yeah after the roaring 20s yeah. because after world war they they prospered you yes. know all the countries prospered and it was in the 1930s they went into dis- depression so um yeah where was i yeah the internal issue they were facing were like from mexico they had gangsters and all mm-hmm. coming and plundering us they had their trains you know stopped and mm-hmm. plundered so all these kind of things were happening and it was at these places the future generals of world war 2 were born mm-hmm. 
one such example was george spatton okay he was assigned to fight against these decoids he was a captain and the decoids they used horse Mm-hmm. to escape from the place and all that so they couldn't catch them properly so the idea devised by george spatton was to put a machine a machine gun on a car and chase them down and it was a great success so the thing was other than sticking to traditional methods this person was able to involve the technological advancement into warfare mm-hmm. and bring out something which was never heard or thought about right and they were able to like drive out all the decoids and gangsters out of us so uh, as i said uk and france dearly wanted us to join the war mm. but the thing was they were not particularly interested in that but germany again messed it up mm. one of germany's u-boat it torpedoed uh, rms lusitania which had around 120 odd united states citizens and uh, there was one reason which brought us to the war but the other main reason the major reason was germany did a great blunder they sent a message to mexico saying that they'll fund mexicans <laughs> to go and conquer you know the southern parts including texas <laughs> so what happened was the citizens of us they were like you know indifferent towards the war and they're like yeah, we don't want to get involved in something happening in europe in europe mm-hmm. but suddenly after hearing this the people from texas and other southern states they were like what why why are germany getting into our you know plate mm. so which ignited a spirit in you know the people in united states like they want to get into the war and help uk that's when woodrow wilson declared war on germany when russia went out of the war us came to the war mm-hmm. 